How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, today is June 18th, 2018. We got a lot of World Cup action going on. I mean, it's the NBA draft week this week, so we're going to hammer the NBA draft. And like I promised y'all, we'd start out this week talking about the Hawks. So, you know, let's talk about the Hawks right here, guys. So we're coming in here in the draft. We own the third pick, the 19th pick, the 30th, and the 34th pick. Um, obviously, it's a huge draft for us, guys. We're in the top five. We're in that top three. The NBA blessed us for once and gave us something good going for us. Um, the first thing I want to say is that I'm going to trust in Schlink and trust in his process here with what he wants to do. I mean, I love the fact we finally got a little stability in the front office after, I mean, we in the last five seasons, we did four different GMs, including Schlink right there. So we finally reached a little stability here. We hired Lord Lloyd Pierce as our coach, who's great with player development and stuff like that. He was a part of the process in Philadelphia. So like I talked about on past podcasts, I mean, I love the signing right there. I mean, the Hawks did what they had to do, but I will say this, that the Hawks can definitely move pieces. We can move Dennis Schroeder, Bazemore in a combination of these picks. Like I've talked about a trade up more in the first round, which I would love to see as we get it come out with Bagley and Trey Young. I mean, a little matchup like that would be crazy for us. We need something like that for our team. Um, let's say it doesn't happen, though. I mean, I'll go through all those scenarios for you all here, but coming down to it, guys, with the number three pick here, mainly what we got to do is it's between Donkish, Aiton, and Bagley. I mean, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr., he has all this defensive potential. He can block shots. He can shoot three-pointers. He's such a raw athlete and all this stuff, but we've already seen the Hawks screw up and make this mistake before. Why would we make it again? We've seen it with Sheldon Williams and Marvin Williams when we could have had Chris Paul. or I mean, there was like six, five or six other All-Stars taken after Sheldon Williams in that 06 draft. So, so look, have we not learned from our lesson with taking these players that have this potential like this and passing up players who we know where we're going to be. I mean, it's the definition of insanity is making the same mistake over and over and over again and not learning from your mistake. I mean, is that not the definition of being insane right there? I mean, I don't think that we should draft Bamba or Jaron Jackson Jr. over any of those three players, and I'm about to tell you why right here. First off, Luka Doncic, he just won the MVP of the best league of men outside of the NBA. He won the MVP of the championship game, and he won the championship all in the same season. So, I mean, this guy absolutely dominated this league and all competition with with Real Madrid this last season. He averaged 14.5 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.6% and shot 46% from the field. I mean, this guy's an athlete. He can get his own shot whenever he wants to, as well as create for everyone else. I mean, he's a 6'8 point guard, like Ben Simmons and LeBron and all of them. He's moving towards the future of the league. I mean, this guy's the real deal. If he's there on the board and the Hawks don't take him and take Jaron Jackson Jr. Mo Bamba, look, I'm going to start to try to stay positive, guys, but it's going to be hard for me not to grab the TV and on the off the wall and chuck it at that yards. I mean, that is just ridiculous if we don't draft him. I would be absolutely furious if we didn't. The fact that people think that he could drop to four or five, this is the best player in the draft, hands down. I mean, he played in the Eurobasket Championship 2017 as an 18-year-old, guarded Porzingis in the second half after Porzingis went off for like 23 or 4 points in the first half. Porzingis finished the game with 34 points, and he couldn't get any shots off. He absolutely suffocated him on defense, and he had 27 points and 9 
nine rebounds in that game. I mean, Doncic can get rebounds. He's big like that too. I mean, he's going to be a triple double machine in the league. He's absolutely going to be dominant. I think he'll be a ten. I think he'll be a top ten player in this league easily. And I think the Suns, if they don't take him, it's one re- retarded. I mean, Devin Booker and him together, that's absolutely dominant. Attacking Booker's your pure score. Go get a bucket whenever you need one. And Doncic is the ball handler, kind of pick the team apart, passing the ball and spread the love a little bit throughout the team. So, I mean, if you're Phoenix and you don't take him, shoot, I'm not bad. Atlanta can snag him, but let's move on here in my second player Marvin Bagley the third from Duke I mean this guy just won rookie of the year and best play and ACC player of the year in the best conference in basketball it's proven the ACC is the best conference in basketball I mean he averaged 21 points per game 11 rebounds 1.5 assists he shot 61.4 percent from the field 39.7 from three I mean to me guys he's Chris Bosh I mean Chris Bosh averaged 20 and 12 a couple years when he was in Toronto obviously his numbers went down when he because he was the number three option when he came to uh in Miami, almost at Cleveland. I don't know why, but he's 6'11", kind of like Bosch as well, versatile like him. He could pop out and shoot the three. He's fast. He can run in transition. He's a rebounding machine. He had multiple games where he had 30 and 15, including two games where he had 30 and 20. Um, he had six games total, though, where he had over 30 and 15, re- 30 points, 15 rebounds, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, you don't really see anybody do that. Um I really think that he's the versatile big. This NBA is moving towards the yeah, he can't protect the rim, but I mean, what did we see in the NBA Finals? The Rockets and the Warriors and the and I mean in the in the conference finals both ways. Rockets, Warriors, Celtics, and Cavs. None of those teams have a dominant rim protector. I mean, yeah, the Rockets have Capella, but they chose to play PJ Tucker over to match the Hamptons five. I think it's absolutely stupid to pass him up on the board. I mean, just because we have John Collins. I mean, are you telling me you would rather? That's like saying, oh, we already have Tarian Prince. We don't need LeBron. Like that's literally the exact same thing is saying that we have John Collins. We don't need we don't need Marvin Bagley. And if you disagree with me, I mean, give me a call. I'll gladly debate it with you. It'd just be stupid. I would trade John Collins in a heartbeat to, to have Marvin Bagley on the team. John Collins is good and all, but Marvin Bagley's five to ten times the player he is. Marvin Bagley will be a multiple time NBA All-Star and he will average 20 and 12 to 20 and 10 throughout his NBA career. So I mean passing that up and leaving that on the table for a guy who has a lot of potential is just absolutely ridiculous to me. And this infuriates me that we would even think about doing that my third player right here is DeAndre Ayton, center from Arizona. I mean, yeah, y'all know I have a lot of beef with Ayton, how he looked like he didn't really care after the game was over. But when it comes down to it, I mean, he's the reigning Pac-12 player of the year. He's an 18-10 and 10 kind of guy. I mean, he's a multiple-time – he'll be a multiple-time NBA All-Star. I mean, he averaged 20-11 and 11 in the NBA – I mean, or in college. I mean, yeah, I don't think he'll be a superstar in the NBA, but, I mean, I definitely do think he'll be an All-Star, and he'll be a player, no doubt, that I would love to have on my team. He can shoot the three – ball a little bit he can dribble a little bit I mean he's definitely a good player I just think him as a rim protector he's kind of like on the in-between of being a really big rim protector which is why that and I just don't think he has the competitive fire like a lot of these other guys have I think that's what he'll lack is the motor like when you see guys like Chris Paul I mean man Chris Paul's mouse running the whole game which is the thing I love about watching Chris Paul he wants it more than anybody on the court I bet you I think Chris Paul and LeBron probably want to win most of any two players in the league no doubt about it those two guys are out there the whole time giving 150 percent effort and they play up to it in the big game. So I don't think Aiton will be that kind of player. But, though, I definitely think that Aiton will be a good player. Now, Donkic, guys, we've also seen that Donkic has these kind of traits, the way he's played in the championship games in Eurobasket, the way he's played in championship games for Real Madrid. I mean, this guy's an absolute freak. He's a beast. I really think that um, Donkic has a good chance of being one of the best players in the league, like I've been saying. So if I'm you guys looking at this game, 
at this draft, if I'm the Hawks, those are the only three players we can take with this pick. I would rather trade back and take Trey Young or Colin Sexton. I have both of them on my big board in front of Bamba and Jaron Jackson Jr. Don't get me wrong, guys. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Bamba have lots of potential now. Both of these guys could easily be multiple-time NBA All-Stars. Both these guys could easily do big things here in the NBA, and they definitely have tons of potential, but I just don't really like taking players with question marks like that. If we were picking at four or five, I would be all in on a guy like Bamba or Jackson Jr. Don't get me wrong at all. I don't think these guys are just going to be trash. I just think that there's a lot of question marks with them, so I can't really bring myself to pick a player with question marks around surrounding him like this when the, you have sure thing all-stars on the board. I mean, why? Like, why would you risk it all on that, something like that? That's like saying you can either have $100 or you can do the scratch-off and you could win a million dollars or you could win zero. Like, and I would 100 times out of 100 or 99 times out of 100, I'm taking that $100. So, I mean, if I'm y'all like, what are we doing here, Hawks? We got to do we got to make this pick. Now, when it comes though back to trading back into the first round, I look for the Hawks to put together a package. It's Dennis Schroeder, the 19th pick, and possibly the 30th or 34th pick, or possibly Schroeder and something, or Collins in, one of the, in the 30th or 34th pick. This is where you try to trade back in the draft, maybe with a team like the Knicks, the Cavs, the Clippers. Personally, I don't think the Cavs or the Knicks will make a trade, but I could really see the Clippers wanting to make a trade like that. The Clippers have lots of win-now pieces on their team, so I could definitely see them being more willing to part ways with one of their two draft picks. Which, if I'm the Hawks, I mean, shoot, I would move Schroeder straight up for one of the picks. I would do anything to move Schroeder and get him out of there because I think Schroeder's a cancer to the team. He's got a four. He's on a year two of a four year seventy million dollar deal. And I would love to see the Hawks move him. I mean, he said he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be in Milwaukee or Indiana. But, Dennis, it's not about what you want, buddy. It's about what we want. So, Dennis has got to be be satisfied with whatever we do. It doesn't matter what he says because, I mean, we can trade him. We don't have to ask his permission to trade him. It's not like he has a no trade clause or anything like that. But... Let's say we can't move Dennis and we can't trade back in and get a guy like Sexton or back or um, Trey Young or Mikel Bridges. Let's say we can't move back in and get any of these guys in the draft. Let's say we have to end up taking a draft pick here. Um, guys that I've been looking at are uh, Zaire Smith from Texas Tech. I mean, he's shown a great athleticism, great ability to score the ball. I mean, I think that with his athleticism and the way that he looks and all his potential he has, that he could be a very good athletic wing scorer for us which is something the Hawks lack. The Hawks really have no scoring. Um, Mitchell Robinson now is when I think the Hawks should go with their rim protector rather than like people are saying, oh, the Hawks need defense. It's not a defensive league. It's a scoring league. The way the league's built is all about scoring the basketball. And so I, I think this is where you could go out and get you a center and you could pay Robinson 10 to $15 million and keep him around long term as well and not have to pay him that big kind of money. You'd have to pay a guy like Bomber or something like that, who's, which is honestly invaluable. It would be weird to see if DeMarcus Cousins can get that fat contract he wants. But I mean, Mitchell Robinson, he sat out the year. He's the number 11 overall recruiting so this and he was a mcdonald's all-american so with how stacked up this draft class is i don't mind at all getting a guy like this who was number 11 i mean that means obviously that he's a player we never really seen him play we don't really know much about him but he's kind of a high risk high reward player right here so i mean i don't have a problem at all with the hawks making a high risk high reward pick this late in the draft this is kind of when you do it and that's how that smith and mitchell robinson both are 
Also, another guy I like is Kiate Bates Diop, reigning Big Ten Player of the Year. He averaged 19.8 points per game, seven or 8.7 rebounds. He's a 7-4 wingspan. He's 6-9. He reminds me a lot of Millsap with the way he moves, the way he plays. He can shoot the long ball. He shot 35.9% from three, averaged over two, over two uh, three-point makes per game. He can really score the basketball. I think he could be a really good six-man, or who knows, maybe even we could run him and Bagley down low. I mean, yeah, it's not any kind of big like shot-blocking presence down there, but both those guys can score the basketball and they can rebound it both can pass or on the floor I mean that'd be an awesome team to watch play so I really like it now with the 30th and 34th picks obviously we'd all like to see the Hawks get Jalen Brunson I think he could be a really good backup point guard for us I think he'd be a really good player personally I think the team will trade back in the first round to get a guy like Brunson or just to make a pick with one of those picks I think there will be a team looking for it and the Hawks will look at their pick and be like all right are we really going to get anything that good with this 30th pick if there's nothing the Hawks like that much could see them trading it to a team to get a top 20 protected pick and just kind of be like hey hopefully that team that picks somewhere down around like 22 21 or something like that so next year it'll be in a better option which I personally like that option so I think the Hawks only use a pick one of those two but a guy I think they should take with one of those two picks if we use it is Josh Okogie from Georgia Tech and this kid's an athlete he can run up and down the floor to me he has a motor if he could get a three-point shot in the league honestly he could average 20 a game I really think if he could get a three-point shot I mean he's already a slasher he did lots of good things to Georgia Tech and he played better in the big games which is what I love to see out of him so I know a lot of people are doubting Okogi, but I really think he could be a good player um, I think I might actually have an interview on here coming up with him in the next couple days before the draft so be on a lookout for that I'm not making any promises but I hope it happens but overall guys for the Hawks going into this draft we finally have something to be happy about I mean it's something that could really change this franchise and turn things around so I'm just going to stay positive no matter what moves we make and trust the process I mean yeah I'm going to be really upset if we get guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Mo Bamba but hey guys let's just trust it right out see what we can do and hopefully Slink and uh, Pierce know what they're doing and get us a good team here moving forward and the Hawks can have some building blocks to build off of in the future. Alright guys so I don't know how many of y'all are from uh, Georgia but so we have the AJC which is our uh, newspaper and actually a huge story broke in the AJC yesterday that honestly broke my heart I don't know if y'all saw my little strain I went there on Twitter the little rant I had but it was just very frustrating for me because, I mean, the Hawks have just had such an up and down thing. We never really had anything to be excited about. Yeah, we had that 60 win team, but all our players got hurt and we lost to the Cavs, which everyone still gives us crap about getting swept by the Cavs. But I mean, if you look at it, DeMar Carroll hurt his leg last round. who had been our best player in that playoff series. And then Corver, who was an NBA all-star, got hurt too. So, I mean, like we're literally playing with two players down. Then you have the game when the Delhi jumps on Al Horford and Al Horford shoves him, gets ejected and nothing happens. Delhi. I was furious about that. Della Dove is another one of those players I can never forgive just for that one thing. I'll absolutely hate him till the day I die because of that one thing. But looking at it guys the Hawks that was our best team we ever had and so the story broke in that draft we had the 16th and 17th picks so our draft plan was to draft Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Dennis Schroeder and obviously y'all know how much of a freak that Giannis is so we were the the Hawks were the only team to bring him to America for the workout or to have a workout with him the Hawks were the only team that was able to get a physical or anything with him the Hawks were the only team that even knew about this kid for the most part he was very kept underground so the Hawks ex 
head coach, Larry Drew, he left us for Milwaukee, or we didn't resign him, and he went to Milwaukee, and he was kind of upset about it. So the Bucks didn't even have him on their big board and took him the pick before us, and there was literally no talk of anyone taking him until the day of the draft they might possibly take him. So the Hawks' game plan was to have him, just to have Giannis and have Dennis Schroeder. That would have left the Hawks with Dennis Schroeder and Giannis as their two six men with that team. So when one of them went down, we would have replaced him with Giannis, and we would have the exact same team the next year, plus letting Damari Carroll walk and Giannis becoming a starter. I mean, I don't see any way that we wouldn't have won at all with that team. I mean, that team would have been absolutely crazy if the Hawks had that team. So, I mean, that's just something to think about there, guys. If the the Bucks, if Larry Drew didn't give the Bucks that information because he was salty about how the Hawks knew about Giannis and knew what kind of freak he was me, the Hawks tried to keep it low-key and under the table as much as possible, yet Larry Drew leaked the information and gave it to him. I mean, if he doesn't do that, imagine our franchise right now in the state we're in. I mean, this could be the best team in the NBA. We could get big free agents. We'd probably still have Millsap and Horford. I mean, we would be absolutely nasty, and the Hawks, I I think would probably have won the finals every year till KD went to the Warriors. That probably would have been the first time we would have lost. I mean, the Cavs would obviously have been difficult with Kyrie and Kevin Love, but if y'all remember correctly, Kyrie was hurt in that series and Kevin Love was not playing either because he hurt his shoulder against Boston. So, I mean, the Hawks had easily got past them and got to the next round. I mean, Giannis can D LeBron up with how long he is. I don't care what anyone says. Giannis is the best player fit to guard LeBron out of all the superstars in the league. So, we could have really had a serious team there, but Larry Drew had to screw all of it up and mess our whole franchise up so now we're in the position we're in now where we can potentially mess it up again by making another mistake in the draft but like i said guys remain positive better days are to come here in atlanta all right guys like i promised my lightning rounds now are going to be about the world cup only so we can focus on the world cup we'll change it to the we'll call it the world cup minute but it's gonna be much longer than that but first off guys this has been such a fun world cup to watch and i think one big debate coming that we're actually going to have on the podcast here we'll wait for the uh, group stage to end is who's the better player between Messi and Ronaldo. Right now, I'm leaning towards Ronaldo. I mean, Messi got a penalty kick blocked. The odds of getting that penalty kick blocked, guys, I have a higher chance of hitting a 100-mile-per-hour fastball than Messi did at getting that PK saved or blocked or however you want to say it. I'm not very good with the soccer terminology, but I love all of it, especially how they call their shoes their, their boot. I love it. I just love all the terminology they have in soccer, how different it is from the way we say things here in America. But I really think though that's the best that's probably the best group stage game I've seen arguments ever and it's one of the best games I've ever watched was that Spain Portugal game man Ronaldo showed up and played the best of anybody on his team really watching the game Spain I thought didn't play as well as I thought they would but I felt like Portugal was not a very good team but Ronaldo absolutely dominated this guy the game guys he did everything he wanted to and was successful in doing it that shot he had at the end the way he curved that ball down I've never seen anybody do that before Ronaldo is an absolute beast he dominated that entire game game and did everything he could for his team to win that game and he got the tie and got the big win it's kind of funny that Iran sits at the top of the table right there um I thought Mexico played a great game counterattacking against Germany. I mean, they did a good job of playing defensively and letting the speed of their attack get out there and kind of counterattack a lot on Germany. So it's really what helped them win that game. I mean, that was an absolutely huge upset. This has been a really fun World Cup so far, guys, and I've enjoyed watching every little bit of it. I love watching these games right now. I've got uh, Panama-Belgium on in the background a little bit here. Um, our lock of the day was uh, Belgium 
or it was uh, over in this game, over three goals right now. It's at a push, so I'm hoping Belgium can put one more in the back of the net. It's kind of distracting me a little bit, but uh, getting back to it, I mean, that this the um, Switzerland game yesterday versus Brazil, I thought Switzerland played an excellent game, guys. I mean, Switzerland was physical with them, with Brazil the whole game. Um, I talked to a couple of my friends who know a lot about soccer, and they both agreed with me on this. I mean, the refs in a game like that, when you're knocking around and being real physical with players like that, are supposed to call more, or supposed to pull out more cards to kind of clean the, up the play a little bit even though if it's not necessarily deserving of a card you're supposed to pull cards to clean the play up a little bit and I just didn't see the refs doing any of that they let Neymar and all them get knocked around I've seen today all of Brazil as a country and everything is real upset with it and they're all getting pretty angry about the fact that they weren't calling any of those uh, fouls or pulling any cards on them which I can't blame them you don't want to see your players getting knocked around like that but I give it all the credit in the world to Switzerland for seeing that they were kind of letting the game trend like this and for playing so hard the way they did and for playing physical they were just simply more physical than they were and that was the reason why the game ended in a draw um I'm excited to watch this England game later today. I mean, France is the team I picked, and if you look at all the big favorites to win the tournament, uh, Brazil tied. Germany, they lost. Um, Belgium, they're going to win right here. France, they won. So, I mean, out of all the big favorite teams right now, Argentina, they tied as well. So, I really think that it's uh, definitely up there for grabs for France to win. Uh, one, the last the closing thoughts I have for y'all is, is Argentina going to choke? That's a big question I've been seeing, too. Lots of people think they won't be able to get past uh, Croatia, which I think they should be able to, but let's say that they don't. I mean, Iceland is a country that has no full-time professional soccer players. Their coach is a dentist. He had to ask off work to get here for us. Argentina has more professional soccer players in their country than there are people living in Iceland. I mean, that's just those are just some crazy stats right there. So realistically, Argentina, to me, losing to them would be like um, an NBA team losing to a college basketball team is honestly what that tells me, all those numbers right there. So, I mean, Argentina, there's absolutely no excuses. You have all the best attackers, best players in the world. There's just zero excuses for that. So I look for Messi and Argentina to come out and play well. I think Ronaldo set the standard for superstar players in this tournament. I mean, we kind of seen Lukaku and Hazard step up to the challenge, step up to the test. De Bruyne, we've seen this Belgium squad step up to what the doubters are questioning them on and stuff. So I'm looking for the same thing to happen here from Messi and Argentina. Messi obviously kind of has some blemishes on him as a whole player and stuff with everything that's happened to him in the Copa America and stuff. So I definitely look for Messi to kind of prove himself and try to make a point coming up here in this uh, World Cup. So lots of good stuff to watch out for here. I'll be back here again tomorrow and Wednesday for Thursday as well for y'all on draft day. So tons of good stuff coming up for y'all. Stay tuned. I got him on the end of the rice. The home of the ran with the diners. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fin that's throwing my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch my lap.